Ladies and gents, my name is Brandon Stover. Welcome to the How to Solve Climate Change course from Plato University. Causes, systems, obstacles, solutions to this global challenge is what you're going to learn here today. When you're ready to learn more skills, join us for free at Plato.University. Let's get started with today's lesson. We'll have our expert guests briefly introduce themselves and their credentials for why they are able to speak to this topic. I'm Dan Kamen, and I'm a professor of sustainable energy at the University of California, Berkeley. My laboratory team works on decarbonization from utility scale projects down to those of the household and mini grid and local level. We do a lot of work in East Africa and in China on electrification of vehicles. And I formerly served in U.S. government as science envoy for the state. Can you explain succinctly what the energy sector is from a first principles perspective? Ooh, so that, that's a big one. But I mean, I think that probably to pull it together, I would argue the energy sector is our process of acquiring and converting materials at large scale to power our economy. Historically, we have been first a wood-powered society up until roughly the 1800s, depending where you were, transitioned then to coal as the main source of energy, hydropower. And then as we moved into the century, we become more diversified, still dominated largely by first coal and then fossil gas, methane, with mixtures of hydropower or nuclear and now increasingly renewable energy. Um, but it's been a kind of a jumbled process and transition based on local economics, resources, and now increasingly uh, climate impacts and local justice and jobs uh, impacts. But it's certainly the largest sector of the world economy, if you want to argue that we basically power everything we do with this energy sector. And so its transitions have all kinds of ripples, large and small, across, across everything we do. Can you explain why the energy sector is a problem for climate change? Well, unfortunately, we are warming the planet at a dramatically rapid rate. We're seeing everything from the fires in Siberia, in California, in Australia, in, in the southern Mediterranean region. We're also seeing record temperature rises. We have now seen 100 degrees Fahrenheit in parts of Siberia. It's not supposed to happen. We've seen individual recording stations. Just this month in the Arctic, we saw places that were 7 to 10 degrees higher than they should be. And not just for one day, that would be variation, but in terms of average temperatures. And unfortunately, the, the science is now very clear, climate change that we're seeing, we are causing. This is not some natural fluctuation. And the larger picture is that essentially every scientific model says we need to limit the amount of greenhouse gases we put in the atmosphere dramatically to go from our current budget, about 35 billion tons of emissions, and number doesn't really mean too much, uh, to zero, not close, but to zero by mid-century. And so we're seeing some economies, parts of the European Union, we're seeing in California and Korea, places that are setting zero net carbon economies by mid-century as their goal. Uh, progress is varied to get there, and most of the world is not on that path. Why should we spend attention in addressing the energy sector? You know, what's at stake if we don't compared to maybe spending so much time on a different area? Well, I would say that 
unfortunately, everything else we do is literally rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. <laughs> if we don't make the shift of our energy sector the number one issue, we all care about our favorite sports teams. We care about food. We care about all kinds of things. But unfortunately, without sounding like a, an alarmist, a doomsdayist, which I fear it does, if you don't make clean energy number one, all these other things will be just dramatically impacted, if not completely destroyed. So this isn't an either or. This isn't um, that we should do this, but we have other equal priorities. This has to be number one. Um, and we've seen entire civilizations essentially dry up or or, or be reduced to uh, to nothing if they can't manage their environment. We're now in a situation where it's not about how much water is there in the Indus River or in the Amazon or in the Colorado. It's a global story because we are now the dominant species on the planet and our industrial metabolism is what is dramatically changing the climate. How might we mitigate or eliminate some of the problems of energy to climate change? Well, I think that's really the interesting side of it, that the idea that we would switch from our fossil intensive lifestyle to a clean energy one, when we talked about it several decades ago, it sounded like it was just a question of massive cost. Solar, wind, geothermal, these were all more expensive than fossil options. And so at best, we were going to pay more for the same services. That world has changed in some dramatic ways and in ways that I think many Unfortunately, leaders in industry and public sector don't fully appreciate. So right now, clean energy, solar and wind in particular, are cheaper than fossil energy. And I don't just mean cheaper in some complicated, long economic calculation. It's now clear that it is cheaper to build a new solar or wind energy power plant, new money, new construction, than to simply operate many existing fossil plants. Hmm. And... You then need to add to that renewable energy some storage. So that adds about 10% of the cost, but it's still cheaper than fossil. And the other side of the story that's become really interesting is the, the social justice part of this equation. And really what's interesting there is that what we now see very clearly is that there are more jobs available, not just white collar, but white collar and blue collar jobs, working class jobs, scientific jobs, engineering jobs, construction jobs. There's more jobs in the clean energy economy than in the dirty energy economy. Mm -hmm. So the challenge is, isn't that the goal is great. The challenge is making those jobs equity relocated so that you don't get jobs in the high tech sectors in Silicon Valley, California, and in the high tech corridors in London and, and Beijing, but those jobs go to everyone and in particular places that have been in long negatively impacted by the fossil fuel economy. So the jobs, not just not just somewhat, but preferentially go to the areas that used to be massive coal oil producing. Otherwise, it is a shift for the rich and a scramble for the poor. But if you can really make that switch, we know there are more jobs out there to be had. We have to just make that the equitable, just transition. What are the best resources to learn more about energy in relation to climate change? Well, thankfully, actually, podcasts have become incredibly informative. You can go and you can read the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change's report. The main report's 2,000 pages. The executive summary is 100 pages. So those aren't exactly light reading. But in terms of the many, many podcasts, there's 
uh, brilliant ones, all we say, our climate around us, climate one. It's, it's really easy to find them now. And they're incredibly educational discussions of what is available in the clean energy mix. So I actually recommend going to that first as a place to really dig in. And then the other thing is that we're now seeing increasing numbers of opinion pieces in local to national to international papers that are really mm -hmm. highlighting this jobs, climate emergency, justice, ethnic and gender um, diversity and inclusivity aspects. So I really think that public newspapers and podcasts are just a wonderful way to start. Right now, you're speaking to passionate students who want to actually solve problems like these. What top three skills should they study so that they actually have the ability to do so? So I would say that it's not a question of the top three skills unless you count being open-minded and willing to learn outside of your training. So it's not, this is not a engineer's problem. This is not an economist problem. This is, a, this is not a humanist problem. This is an everyone problem. And so 20 years ago, there was a strong push that getting into STEM fields was a critical area, largely because these technologies were too expensive and needed improvement. And they still need improvement. That's going to be ongoing. But I think the real uh, lesson of learning now is the opportunity is across all areas. We need to think about social cohesion. We need to think about governance. We need to think about new technology, the internet of things, um, integrating electric vehicles with our grid, uh, in integrating electric vehicles with our businesses. And so it's really much more a case of applying what you're strong in or passionate about to the climate emergency, not saying one must all run in one direction in terms of training. Any final recommendations for the audience? I think the, the biggest one is tricky and it's not going to appeal equally to everyone. And that is the climate emergency is equally about our consumptive lifestyle and about the injustice of communities that have been at the front lines of our previous dirty energy economy. But the mixture of making change on the technical or economic or social side really needs to be balanced with a, um, a recognition that this is not a slow moving emergency. And so there's a level of activism, irrespective of your field, that's now critical. Elected leaders need to know this is a top, not a top 10, but a top one, or really the, the head issue they need to think about. People need to be elected to local school boards, to congressional offices, to Senate, to White Houses, to head of the UN based on a commitment to make change. And that means that we all need to be activists and that won't be equal for everyone. People's personalities play out differently, but this is not a slow emergency anymore. This is an urgent emergency. Every time you see a fire, a heat wave, landslides, changes in prices at food at the market, climate change now has a, has a finger or a whole hand on that scale. And so this is no longer academic. This is uh, immediate. Thank you, Dan. To further your understanding of today's energy sector, compare the carbon emissions produced by different fossil fuels, such as coal, oil, and natural gas. Calculate the emissions per unit of energy produced. Reflect on the implications of these emissions for climate change and the importance of transitioning away from fossil fuels. Thank you for taking the How to Solve Climate Change course. If you want to learn the skills to solve this global challenge, join us for free at Plato.University for exclusive content, extra resources, and actionable exercises with every lesson.
This course was produced by Plato University, where students turn passions into purpose and learn skills to change the world. Learn more at Plato.University.